You're listening to the Full 10 Yards of Britball podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Yes, welcome in at one low. This is the 14 Yards of Ripple podcast. We are continuing our tour up and down the UK, and we find ourselves at this week in Northumberland. And as you can see, we have four people totally in the this week. We will get to them shortly. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that for F10 White Britball, where you can find out all the good stuff that we are doing uh, in the Britball branch. So you go and check our YouTube, um, where you can find out all the previous podcasts, where you know, crew, uh, Merseyside Nighthawks, uh, Samuel Steelers will be in there as well. Uh, but yeah, let's get to today's podcast. We're joined by head coach Bryce and a couple of team captains as well. So uh, Bryce, we'll bring you for, uh, in first. How are you doing, buddy? Not bad, thanks for having us on. Uh, it's kind of returning to normality a little bit, so we're, we're excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah, well, it's nice to see a different face and probably a more enthusiastic face than, uh, you say, the, the, the Zoom meetings over the months do get a bit tiresome. But yeah, I hope we'll, be, we'll bring a bit of energy into the, into this one. Uh, next up uh, above him, we've got uh, Connor. Connor, how are you doing, buddy? No, uh, team, well. team team captain, obviously, uh, defensive back as well, I'm, I'm reliably informed. Yeah, safety. Had one year at corner at uni, but since then, <laughs> never again. Never, never again. <laughs> uh, and then you say completing the huddle, we have uh, the offensive captain, wide receiver, Ross Connolly. Ross, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, too bad, so, Matt. Yeah, we we are all good. So any chance to uh, to get some Britball guys on, to get some Britball content out there, uh, I'll always snap that up. So yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, the Northumberland's negotiations with with COVID in the last eighteen months and uh, kind of what their season looks like over the next six months as well. As again, as usual, we'll we'll, we'll know by now. We have uh, regional regionalised divisions, uh, which creates its own its own debate and discussion. So we'll see how Northumberland have uh, negotiated that. But uh, Bryce, we'll, we'll start with you first. Obviously, last time I was in contact to you uh, you with uh, with the Aberdeen Roughnecks so uh, talk us firstly how you got into into coaching and um, why how, how did you end up in, in Northumberland so uh, as you say I was with with Aberdeen Roughnecks for for a, a few years I was there as a player I was a dreadful football player awful I think I was kind of forced <laughs> into because I could not play football so, I mean, people will argue I can't coach football either, but I mean, <laughs> I was, Wait, were you like a handy motor at any good at that either? <laughs> I, I, I could barely fill a Gatorade bucket. So, I mean, yeah, I played at Aberdeen for, I say played, uh, I was I was involved with Aberdeen Roughnecks as a player for a couple of years. Uh, and then uh, an opportunity came up to start coaching uh, with Aberdeen and I, I really I obviously love football, so that's why I kind of hung around the team. I realised that maybe playing wasn't my forte, so let's kind of try a dab hand at, at coaching. They say that those that can't play coach, so uh, I, I tried that and was there as it started as a defensive line coach, um, moved up to the defensive coordinator, and then became the head coach. Uh, obviously, from Aberdeen, uh, I had a move uh, down to. The south of Scotland uh, for my career, uh, so that kind of forced me okay. to, to, to kind of leave Aberdeen and stuff. Um, yeah, and I, I spoke with Northumberland and, and was more than happy to, to come on board with Northumberland uh, due to their infrastructure. Um, you know that the, the kind of the way they've got a set up there with the university teams, and obviously they've been very successful in a kind of meteoric rise from their very young 
sort of team with the amalgamation of Northumberland Lightning and Newcastle Vikings. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. There we go. And uh, Connor, again, same to you. Kind of, how did you how did you get into American football? Did you was it a case of just watching NFL on on, on Sky Sports or you know there was that Channel Four back in the days, or uh, was it something else? That you just something you just tried out. How did how did you get into the sport? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, that has that's how a lot of people start, isn't it? So I've always been massively into playing basketball since I was about five or six. So American sports then kind of you end up watching a few of the other ones. Um, Youth and Junior wasn't really massive. Well wasn't massively uh, publicised when I was younger. So before I went to uni, I wanted to play, but didn't think there was anywhere. In hindsight, probably it was Gateshead, for example, around the area. But So I emailed ahead, went in for a uni and uh, tried it out there, obviously. <laughs> Quite enjoyed it, stuck with it for four years at uni. Um, and then got into senior football. Um, I think Coach Johnson, who people in the North East will know, we, we had a a, a year where a lot of the university guys from the northeast went to DC presidents who were in our division this year, but we were there for a year. Uh, Ill-fated, didn't work out for whatever reason. And then obviously the, the Vikings was kind of born out of that 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 season. Um, Nick Tyler set it up, and yeah, been there ever since. Uh, but yeah, kind of probably the typical. Watched it, wanted to play, and then as soon as I got a chance at uni, to went for it. Nice stuff, and Ross, same same for you. I started watching it when I was in the forces with a couple of lads down there, stuck on base on weekends. Um, I was playing Sunday League football and uh, one of the guys who I was playing with, we both sat on the bench, probably a bit too hungover to play. <laughs> uh, do you fancy uh, come down to this? I've seen it in the paper, uh, Northumberland Lightning, and uh, rocked up one weekend and absolutely loved it and fell in love with it. Been in love with it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So certainly, as I say, I don't, no, I don't know, necessarily know anyone that's ever got into the sport and then fell out of love with it. It's always once you're in, you, you, you're definitely into the sport. Uh, because of you know, Connor, just coming back to you, obviously you've been through a few like a, di- a different set of head coaches, coordinators, and that kind of stuff. What would you say um, with, with Bryce's approach to to the team and the coaching and player style? Is there anything? Um, is there anything that's, that's stark, starkly different from from previous years? Anything that you you know particularly like? Uh, is it the fact that he's more of a defensive defensive kind of guy, judging by where where he's come from? Yeah, well, I think the obvious one is he's probably the first head coach we had that has been from outside the original Vikings setup. Uh, it's the first kind of outside influence or opinions we've had on a lot of the team uh, well, since we started. Because kind of the coaches kind of came from within the entire time until up until now. Um, and then, yeah, obviously a massive thing for me personally is that we've never rehired defensive head coach before. So there's been a, uh, a lot more focus even in this preseason than in, in, in recent years because the head coach tended to, to OC and the D always was pretty good. So we kind of got left alone a bit, but there's been a much more focus and intensity on D this year just because it's our, our defensive head coach compared to usual. And, and and Ross, you can be on a, as honest as you like. I can always post it if it gets a bit too uh, a bit too scrappy. But obviously, if he's a bit of a, more of a defensive minded coach, is that you know, as a wide receiver and a guy on the offense, is he, is he giving you the same amount of love, or is it is that has he been leaving that to some coaches? He shows everyone the love, really. To be fair, um, but I mean, we don't really get much other than Skelly and one on ones that we get to see much of Bryce in the defense. But this coaching setup that he's brought in as well has been spot on and. A lot more focused on trying to score more points, get get better every week, kind of side of it, and you know, get back to playing against the big boys next year. Absolutely. And uh, Bryce, just a bit about when, obviously, when you joined uh, Northumberland, was there any? I say because kind of mentioned there that you kind of one of the outsiders in air quotes you coming in. Was there any particularly difficulties with with 
with bedding in. So, you know, is it again, Connor mentioned about the change and, and, and the kind of focus on, on defense from his side, but, you know, you know, playbook, you know, talent levels that you've experienced might be different from obviously Aberdeen player availability again is, is dependent on, you know, gen, generally geographical location, but assuming Northumberland has not really been too much of an issue, but any particular difficulties for you personally uh, with regards to the team or, or any or, yeah, players, playbook and stuff? Yeah, so not not so much difficulties, but just a, a, an understanding of the area and the history of the area with American football. Hmm. Um, I thought the English Civil War ended in 1651, but apparently there's still a couple, <laughs> a couple of people in the northeast that like to keep it running. So, you know, but it was a it's a strange kind of environment to be in. Um, from being an outsider into the northeast, not fully understanding the history, and but now that I've kind of caught up with the history of who people are and what clubs were clubs and all the kind of rest of it, um, that's that was an interesting sort of first couple of months bedding into that, speaking to who's who and what's what. Uh, in terms of on the field stuff, we've obviously installed three brand new playbooks from, uh, from my point of view from the defence. Or as a defensive coordinator as well as a head coach, we've installed a, a playbook that is probably more complex than the guys have ever played with before. Um, it's on offense. It's certainly it's certainly very different to what has been within this team before. Um, as as well as the kind of attitudes of the players as well from some players not really understanding that what we have to do to, to go from getting to the championship game, but then taking that step up. It's not about beating, you know, Aberdeen and East Kilbride and then celebrating beating these teams and then going to the playoffs and then beating other teams. It's about preparing to play Manchester, who are one of the best teams in the UK, Hamworth, who are one of the best teams in the UK, Merseyside. And about that's not just about turning up on a Sunday. It's about working nearly every day. Um, the coaches certainly got that memo and I, I kind of pride myself on I'm probably one of the hardest working guys and and the coaches are definitely going to be the hardest coaching uh, working coaching staff in the UK period you know we, we spend a lot of time um working with that so that kind of attitude as well but it's been a fantastic response from the players we've had players leave we've had players that are not happy because it's it's kind of interesting when I came in that I said this to the guys that they're going to be kind of sitting there going, well, we won the division and you coached at a team that didn't. So why do you think you can tell us this? And I totally understand that. But at the same time, you know, we, 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 you haven't won the division, you won the division, but you haven't won the championship and you haven't been promoted to the premiership. And the players will tell you well, they were five minutes away a couple of years ago from getting to the prem and the overall feeling among players at that time was, I kind of hope we don't win because we're just going to come straight back down because we're not prepared throughout the season to cope with Tamworth, Manchester. We don't have that yeah. buy-in from players throughout the whole year that turn up to practice week in, week out, that lift, that eat right, that study film, that study football and generally buy into a programme. And the coaching staff as well. The coaching staff, I'd not worked with any of them or I'd worked with one of them before. So it was just about us bedding in. And we had a practice session prior to when we were allowed prior to Christmas. And it would have looked not great because we it was the first time that we'd been on the field for nearly two years. Um, and we'd never worked together. So 
it was just about us trying to bed in and then spending the next couple of months really getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. What I expect from my coaches, my positional coaches, my coordinator, and then working on that. So that was the kind of biggest difficulty was that it was a brand new, it was a complete overhaul of staff. And I think we've only had two, maybe three returning positional coaches. So it was very much a brand new staff. So we all had to get used to what I expect as the head coach from everybody, but also yeah. what they expect from me. And it's it spent a couple of months to try to battle that out a little bit. But overall, it's been it's been a pretty fluent process. And because the guys have really bought in, like I, I'd heard a lot of negative things about we're going to struggle to get buy-in. But let me tell you something, these guys are buying in the team that we've got right now. Every single player is buying in. Hmm. And Connor, that probably brings us up quite quite nicely. When, obviously, when you have a new head coaching coming in, or like say when you have new coordinators, obviously with with the way Bryce has, has, has kind of come in and installed, yeah, without being too cliche, culture. Um, was it again? Bryce mentioned there about about the buy-in. Was it because that you know Bryce's uh, you know attention to detail and wanting to put the work in? Was that easy for you and, and the, the other players to to kind of put that buy-in and say, look, this guy wants to take us to the next level? Yeah, it's all that, and like you've just got to expect that they're going to set a clear, like, stall out early kind of approach. And mm. if they get the stall out early and they're passionate enough, which you can tell us Tottenham that the guy is obviously, uh, if he, if he sells his his vision with enough passion, then guys are going to buy in quite easily to that. Um, obviously, senior football is like the weird situation, like where you can get coaches that have coached for like a year or two. With like players that have played like a decade, it's like you you won't get that uni ball or you are like that. It's a really weird kind of mm. vibe setting. Um, so if you have a coach come in who just takes it by the throat and like sets the stall out and is very clear about what he wants to do and what it's going to take, and then is honest and sticks to that plan, then it's easy to buy into it. Obviously, you get a lot of dream sellers that then do do nothing with it, but so far so good. And obviously, it's been easy to buy into that so as long as, as well as the passion being there to it. Sure, and Ross, uh, kind of a difficult question coming up for you now. But with, <laughs> say when you when you've got the say when you do buy in, or let's say when you get uh, you know new new staff and new coaching coming in, when when Bryce is how he's been and he's kind of set his stall out and put his you know, colours on the mast, is, is it easier to kind of build chemistry then with with the coaching staff? And would you know if you could choose, assuming the the other relationship is is average, would you would you rather have the chemistry and the uh, understanding with the coaching, or would you rather have, obviously being a wide receiver with with the, with the quarterback? Would you rather have that? If you could only choose one, which one which one would you rather have? Bryce, do you might want to go? Do you want to go on mute? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Ross. <laughs> it's a pretty hard question to answer. To be fair, but I think realistically, you do want to have the chemistry with the coach because if the coach believes in the player. Kind of side, you're going to get fed the ball a bit more, for example. Sure. Um, yeah. And you're gonna, just you in bigger situations, say two points down and we're going to try and score a touchdown in the red zone. He's going to try and give it to you if he trusts you more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably sway towards the coaching side, to be fair. QB, you've got four, four or five people that can play the ball to kind of side of it. And chemistry. Yeah. 
he's, he's the QB. I'll just be... I'll, I'll, I'll drop him a message just so I, just to tell him to watch this part. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, no, I, no, I, I, I get it. I just thought it's quite an interesting one. Obviously, you want chemistry with, with both, but I, just, I say something I played for obviously for a year, and it was just uh, just interesting to to see what you. What, yeah. No, I don't want to get you into trouble. I appreciate that I'm putting you either between the coach that's not going to put you on the field or quarterback that's not going to throw you the ball. So I appreciate you're in a different, yeah. <laughs> a difficult situation there, but he, he means well. Um, Bryce, with with you, uh, let's talk about obviously the return to, uh, to, to to play and you, you mentioned before we started recording that you, you kind of been back on the field probably a bit longer than most other teams have is there any particular um any difficulties with with returning to the field again obviously you can't be all in one massive group i assume you would have had to split out in, in position groups i suppose but any uh, any covid related uh kind of difficulties or hurdles that you've had since since return to play might be just as simple as you know putting hand sanitizers on on dressing room doors or you know is there anything that's been a bit deeper deeper for Northumberland that you didn't kind of that surprised you sprung up on you a little bit um uh, so we're very very fortunate in the fact that all the guys that kind of in a run the team uh the, the, the what I refer to as the kind of committee that run the team are switched on as any committee that I've ever experienced or seen uh Lee and Carl um have just been on it it was a case of I was going up to Lee midweek and say I want to run this, this, and this, and he would go, you can't, uh, you can't do that, it's not COVID related. There was a couple of weeks that I obviously couldn't travel because I'm not in the immediate area of Northumberland. Sure. So yeah. there was a few, few practice sessions that I wasn't able to make, um, but it was still, like I say, and obviously we've got another guy, Kev Randall, who's been at every single practice session, you know, making sure that all the paperwork and all the admin is done. So I've not had to worry about it from a, a COVID point of view because we've got three or four guys that are absolutely excellent with dealing with the kind of admin and stuff that I would, you know, it's my job at the moment is just going through the practice plans, sending it to these guys and saying, are we allowed to do this pair of regulations? Because when I look at some of the regulations, it's a bit of a minefield and you can and you can't and you can and you can't, whereas it's been taken completely out of my hands uh, and, and we're, we're it's their responsibility as well as it also being mine, but it's it, they've helped me massively sure. yeah. to ensure that we are compliant with all COVID stuff. Um, it was weird, obviously, at times when you have to sanitise the balls after a certain amount of snap, <laughs> yeah. you know, and guys have got to take thermal testing and stuff like that prior to practice and walking up to practice and getting your temperature taken. But that's life now, right? I mean, going to the gym is even like that. Going into restaurants is like that. It's it's part of life, and I think we've done it. We've done. I'm very very fortunate that we've got a fantastic uh, kind of staff uh, out with that that can just spend the time doing that and take that admin job away from the coaches to allow us to just focus on coaching within the guidelines that have been set. Uh, and they are quick to tell us, "No, nah, you can't do that." So, which has been a a point of contention a couple of times, but we can't do it. So. Mm. Um, but it's been it's been it's been good. But usual pre-season issues is more than actual COVID-related issues because that side has been very very seriously taken care of. Hmm. I wonder where I wonder where COVID would sit with the Vaseline on a football fumble drill. I don't know. I wonder where it sits sit with that. Anyway, that's maybe one for for the compliant guys. <laughs> um, Connor, just to, and, and Ross will come to you as well. But any you know, personally for you, any 
again, I don't know if you've had any direct experiences with COVID, either family or yourselves, but have you or maybe any players on the team kind of been a bit apprehensive or anxious about returning due to you know, every, you know health issues? Obviously, we had, we saw people in the NFL and college opt out to to help progress their careers. And I'm obviously not saying this is the NFL, but it's you know, the same dilemma still applies to whether you know each player has a decision to make on you know health versus wanting to get on the field and, and play. Anything, any any difficulties for you any any apprehensions at all surprisingly not too many i was very lucky in touch wood i've been pretty much completely untouched uh covid wise um i think some of the guys would have been hesitant if the return to play was sooner but obviously i, I think now there's not from the guys i talked to anyway there's not been many concerns mainly because obviously the vaccination programs rolled out pretty pretty widespread at this point obviously a lot of us don't have it yet but it's, it's in the works um so i think that's kind of eased a lot of concerns that would have been if we restarted say properly in December I think there have been a, a lot more people not not down um but at this point I think because of how advanced like the the vaccination and like the the reaction to COVID has been and obviously how how good Carl and Lee have done a job it's quite easy to get that train I don't think there's been too many concerns at least from the, the guys I, I talk to regularly on the team hmm. Uh, Ross, same, same with you. Any, um, as let's say, I know obviously you'll have new measures and say the measures such as like hand sanitizers and silly little things like that probably won't be going away for, for a long, long time. They'll become normal anyway. But uh, any 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 kind of comments from you as to, you know, so when, once you start kind of playing other teams, you don't necessarily know what their protocols are and how stringent they, they are. Any any kind of anxiousness about playing other teams? Because, you know, it's, you know when, when you get out on the field and, you know, let's say wide receiver, I assume you get 10 yards of separation on every route. But, um, you know, in the, in the trenches, obviously, there's going to be body fluids flying everywhere and, um, yeah, your, your your thoughts? I think, um, especially with how far the rapid tests are going, it could be something that is looked to possibly in the future that it takes maybe even more when you're playing against teams that you don't know anyone on their their sideline. For example, it could it mm. does help me thinking that someone's getting tested twice a week, then there's less of a chance that it's going to be passed on. But I haven't really been affected by it. I've worked throughout it, and it. I mean, I know I've seen everything in the news and everything, but it's never really been across my doorstep as such. But it's definitely there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Christ's right. nose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then just before we move on to, to the upcoming season, Bryce, have you, what, have North, have North Amlander had any kind of rookie or taster sessions over the last couple of weeks that they, you've kind of been back on the field? Has that just been left to, again, because you're, you're new in, yeah, your new coaching staff and it's essentially a kind of a new setup. Has it just been more focused on bedding in and, and getting a, a chemistry and understanding there or no, we've we've done you know, we've done pretty well when it comes to recruitment. We've we've been on a year long recruitment. You know, we we haven't stopped since November. So well, around about November time when we restarted again from sort of middle of last year. Um but the coach has been working all the way through it trying to recruit uh Positively, we've also got, as I've said at the start, part of the reason to come to Northumberland was we've got a great relationship with sort of 80% of the universities in the area. We've got players that coach at these universities. You know, um, we've got obviously Northeast Academy, they do a great job down there. So we've had a couple of players that have stepped up from the academy. So recruiting almost takes care of itself with 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 that regard and um, what we need to focus on as a coaching staff and as a, as players is improving our product and that goes back to buying into the program okay we might have the most talented team in the area but as our 
are the way that we prepare and are the way that we play football, is that the most attractive in the area? And then that's something that needs to be looked at from our point of view. But in terms of official kind of um, recruitment days, it seems to be a process that's already been put in place that works effectively. Sure. I mean, we've got we've got at the moment we've got sort of forty five between forty five and fifty five guys turning up for practice a couple of times a week. You know, there's something that's when you compare it to the other numbers in the in the area. I don't mm. know the exact numbers, but I know they ain't getting that. Yeah. Um, that that tells the story for me, and it's different. We're constantly getting people in the door. We're constantly getting people in the door that are saying, "This is where I want to be." And that, that for me, is, is massive. Um, but we have the links with the universities, with the players, coaches that coach there or play there. That we're, It's that constant stream. It's that constant stream. And obviously, the academy is, is excellent. Will Clayton does a great job down there um, and kind of intertwined with the Northeast Academy. So our recruitment is very easy for me as a coach as opposed to where I, and I know that some teams have got no links and they have to just pick guys up off the street. Uh, essentially, we have that that constant stream coming in every year, year in, year out. Yeah, it's, 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 it doesn't it does help when it's kind of kind of already in the pipeline and, and done for you. But let's let's move quickly on to the season. Then, uh, as I, as as everyone knows, it's it's regionalised and um, looking looking at the the Baffer North Adrians as, as as it seems to be called. Um, look, I was looking across and, and saw obviously you guys at the top, and then I saw Gateshead, saw Carlisle, Darlington, DC, and, and Morecambe, and I thought to myself perception wise again I'm, I'm far from a, a knowledgeable person on on the talents of, of teams in, in Britball because I don't go up and down the country watching them all unfortunately but you know judging by 2019 2018 kind of standings and tiers and, and divisions um it seems as though um it seems it's a bit of a gap like again no disrespect to the other teams but considering where you know the teams are kind of or, or were in 2019 it seems to be a bit of a gap uh, between the, you and you and the rest of them how how do you feel personally about the regionalization of the games are you just happy that we've got a season and again just you know, it's a dummy run to go into 2021 uh, and you know was was there any apprehension towards you know the way that it has been set up this year so kind of that, regardless of what happened, there was always going to be inverted commas issues. Um, mm. The problem is that to me, COVID seems to, it's a fluent dynamic thing that's changing all the time. Mm. But for a season to happen, it's got to be planned. So it's very hard to plan against something that's dynamic. Yeah. Are we, like, we can't control, it's going to be some cliche, but it's the reason it's a cliche is we can't control that situation so we don't let it worry us and we don't let it kind of bother us about are we disappointed that we're playing that we're not playing some teams around the area sure but you know these players whether we play london warriors tamworth or you know the brand new associate team we're going to prepare exactly the same way in terms of our buy-in in terms of our scout in terms of the way that we prepare and so that as coaches we can facilitate our players to be in the most position to be successful. And that's irrespective of who we play. So it doesn't really bother us that we're playing Gateshead or or um, Darlington or DC. You know, we're going to prepare like we would prepare all the time as a as a dry run for 2022 um, when it, in inverted commas, matters or is perceived to matter. Um, I'm just glad football's back. I'd have taken this last year. If you'd told me that we're going to have eight games, regional or not regional, I'd have taken it. Um, 
there's there's sort of obviously the, the kind of other school of thought is if you're traveling to Morecambe, which is X amount of miles away, then why can't you travel to Manchester, which is X also X amount of miles away? You know, there's that sort of if you're traveling, then what yeah. does it matter kind yeah. of scenario? But whatever Rafa decided they were going to do, they were going to be criticized. There was obviously the there's two schools of thought and everything. So mm. it doesn't really matter for us in terms of as the organization, we're going, okay, we can't we can't change it, we can't make that decision. So we're not going to let it affect us. Whoever they put us against, we're going to prepare to play them and we're going to prepare to beat them. And that's it. Mm. Sure. And just before I get Ross and, and Connor's thoughts, how do you just to put a point on Baffer? Do you how how well was it uh, communicated with with your team and your players and, and you know to, to get all the organisation of fixtures? Because obviously, again, with it being dynamic, I, I assume a few spanners have been thrown in the works over the last couple of months. Anyway, but from a communication and um, you know, transparency point of view, do you, did you feel that Baffer did a good a good job? Or again, I'm not asking you to criticise them or, or say what they could have done better, but you know, just you know, were you kept reliably informed of, of kind of what's going on or was it just a case of what watching their social media for updates and the website or no we were we were we had a couple of meetings with teams that we we had hoped that we'd be in a division with um you know but it, it, it then worked out a different way i think that the baffa have, have done a pretty good job in keeping us up to date with what's been going on i think that I think it's Warren Smart is the is the guy who's the kind of national game development manager, so or yeah. whatever his title is, sorry. Uh, but he's done a pretty good job in keeping the Northumberland Vikings up to date, and, and we knew pretty early on that we were going to be in a division with DC, Darlington, and uh, Norwich Gateshead, and and Morecambe. And and since then, we've been kept up to date with any changes. So I, I can't knock them for their communication levels. From the Northumberland Vikings' point of view, yeah, 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 there are other people have got problems with what has happened and stuff, but we can't, it, we can't change it. We can't make that decision, so we don't let it affect us. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. And uh, Connor, for, for you again, let's say, yeah, on pa on paper, and uh, we know the game's obviously not played on paper, but as a as a uh, as a defensive back, and you, you're looking for you even more determined to to, to post some shutouts, and again, yeah, just rem yeah, remember how to play the game of football in a competitive uh, sphere to to again kick on and, and play in 2022. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll speak for most players. I say, but I think everyone's just happy it's back. To start with, like I'm just happy there's something competitive going this year. Um, is it who we would pick to have played if we had this choice? Probably not. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like another, I'll I'll take another adage while at it. You can only beat who's put in front of you. I mean, and we're not going to disrespect anyone. We will prepare for the ball. We're all, every team has good players, whether that's a D2 team or a Premiership team. Um, and yeah, I was looking to shut people out last year and the year before, so it's not going to change just because the level of opposition is different. So for us, it's still got to be win every game, but it was that was last year or the year before as well. Whether EPP's in there or it's Leicester or Sandwell or, or, the, or the guys we got this year, AIM's still got to be win every game and treat it as a, as a way to get better and prolong pre-season, I suppose, for next year where we get back to business. Yeah, absolutely. And Ross, obviously for you, be about getting in the inside a bit more often. <laughs> I'd like to think so, yeah. Um, I think it does give us a bit more of a scope to build our team a bit more as well. Gets more people extra playing time. Um, build some positions that we've needed to build around maybe for the last few years, for example, and bring some of these guys in from the unions like Bryce says. And every 
coming from youth football and um, uni football is different to playing senior football. Um, you see when you see offensive linemen in, in the uni ball, it's quite a lot smaller than you do see in the kind of Prem and Div 1 style. So I think it'd be good to see a bit more push from our side, getting more players down, like Bryce saying 50 people plus, building the offence, getting more points, getting people a bit more confident on the field and see Connor says getting a bit more of a pre-season in before we kick on next year. Absolutely. And Bryce, um, come, with regards to 2022, aspirations for you personally and, and obviously the team, I know again about kind of getting the, the monkey off the back in terms of the championship game, getting into the Prem um, and then uh, I guess kicking on and, and, and getting challenging Tam, with Tamworths and the, and the Manchesters. Yeah, absolutely. The Myself, my only goal is to allow this team to get to where it should be and that uh, you look at the talent on the roster, the only thing missing was that we are now preparing to win rather than having that win now mentality where we we prepare and buy into this, as you say, perceived as, as a strange word to use in the UK because we're essentially practicing twice a week, culture um, and, and, and buying in. So we're not just having guys turning up the week before game one and being like, well, I'm the best player, so I'll play. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to be, beat Manchester. That's not going to beat Tamworth. That's not going to hang with those guys, um, you know, because they're constantly thriving to get better. That's why they're at the top of the game in the north. Um, so my my only my personal uh, goal is to facilitate this team and put them in the best position to be in 2022 to push for that Premiership place. Uh, it's. There's a lot of other teams that are that are on the border as well. It's a it's a real tough job to get out of Division One up the way, mm. but I, mean, I believe that we've got the ability to do so. And if we use this time, then then there's no reason that we can't do it. And the way that we've prepared so far, and the way that the guys have bought in so far with everyone I've asked, there's no reason that in 2022 we are not going to be one of the teams to watch. And then hopefully after that, we're we're going to be maintaining a place in the Premiership and then and then competing for playoffs in the North. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope for two, three years' time from now we'll be talking about you. You're looking forward to the Premiership season. Absolutely. Looking looking forward to that. And Conor Ross, just a final, final word from you guys. Any particular aspirations uh, you know, uh, personally for, for you guys? You know, uh, Conor, I'll come, come to you first. You know, you, uh, anything in terms of playing aspirations? You know, maybe further down the line. Uh, again, I don't know how many years you, you feel you've got left. And uh, any, any any aspirations to get into coaching at all? Do you do any coaching bits now? Um, I'll start. I'll start with Vikings and can go on. Um, so like Vikings, why I think everyone's got to just be getting the prem. I mean, most of the, some of the guys there, myself, have been at that its last hurdle twice now in a row. Um, so it's the ultimate team sport, and like I've had good personal starts the last couple of years, but it doesn't really matter if we're not in the prem. Um, so aim for season, just get there because as a player, that's where you want to be playing against the best and get the tape in the prem games. Um, coaching wise, I actually. I'm the defensive coordinator for Newcastle Uni. Um, so I've been lucky enough to, I got into coaching just after I left uni, because that's kind of how it usually starts for uni players. Uh, and then had a few years at, at Durham of Coach Rooney and um, Kev, who, who, you've, who you've talked to before, I think. Um, and then when Kev moved to Newcastle, I've joined him there as a, as a DC. Um, so yeah, so I'm already kind of in it. So I'm kind of happy with how the coaching's going. But again, even at 
the uni level are, uh, are we're just trying to get the prem as well because I think we got the final hurdle in the uni game this year and got beat. So I'm not not very successful in that final in that <laughs> final northern final. I'm not really doing pretty doing that well so far. Um, but it's a prem all round. You want to be coaching or playing against the best at the highest level, and you don't get um, any of accolades or getting to play against a higher level than that without getting the prem first. Yeah. Same goes to be fair. I mean, the aspiration is just to get that promotion. Um, what happens during the season happens during the season. It's not about one player, it's about everyone in the team kind of side of pulling together and getting that level. Um, and realistically, I've only been at that stage once in the final. I wasn't playing the year before, and it was awful losing in that final there. So, realistically, I don't want to get back to that stage and lose again. Um, Coaching-wise, I did look at it whilst I was out injured at Northumberland Lightning, um, but nothing ever came of it. I didn't really take up any of the courses side of it, but in the future when I do finish my playing time, I think that's something I'll definitely be looking to do one way or another. There you go. Well, make sure, Ross, when you do that, you can you have a, head over to our website where you can sign up for our Fly in the Flag scheme where we might be able to help you pay for pay for, pay for your level one, uh, which is a lovely segue. Awesome. I didn't didn't know that was coming, but absolutely, you've actually set, teed me up like a like a like a beauty there. But yeah, anyone anyone out there that is, is listening, you are wanting to be a coach, wanting to be an official, uh, head over to the website full10yards.com forward slash Britball where you can find all about our Fly in the Flag scheme where you can register your details. And well, hopefully every every now and again we'll pick uh, pick a couple of people and and, and get those. There. And if you want to see you know we've picked out a couple of people already dale russell and, and laura die go and see how they're getting on uh, i think they're, they're, as, as time of recording they're still currently taking their courses as well so we'll keep you up to date on on how they get on but that's uh that's northumberland's uh pit stop tour uh all done and, and dusted thanks to bryce ross uh, and connor obviously for joining us if you again if you're if someone watching this and you want to get your team on you want to get your head coach on and and, and you know not, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to grill him but um Maybe Ross would uh, argue that. Um, yeah, come give us a come give us a, a follow on socials. Come and uh, come get in our DMs and, and say we would love to 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 get you on an, an interview as well. So uh, we will be back next week when we do this all again. Hashtag for the game. <laughs>